Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hello, everyone. Oh, wow, you're here for the intro. I am here for the intro. Hi, hello. What, what a surprise. Uh, we got a great show for everyone today. We're going to talk a little bit of Dexter. I'm sure you're all curious as to what we think about the Black Widow streaming revenue that was earned by Disney Plus for Black Widow's release. And then I know you're dying for our box office projections and to see who is right about Escape Room Tournament of Champions. So that is coming up. And also, what is Netflix cooking up? Uh, Could they potentially be getting into video games? Well, we'll find out later in the episode. First, I wanted to kind of explain to you how Lincoln, Nebraska is, is famous. So <laughs> I don't know how much how much you've been keeping up with like the labor shortages and the worker shortages across the country, but there is a, quite a popular sign um, that made uh, an impact over the last week. Um, it was a Burger King sign, and the marquee said, uh, "Sorry, we all quit." I think was what the sign said. I don't know because I'm paywalled by the Lincoln Journal star. So who knows what it actually said. Um, But I'm pretty sure it said, sorry for the inconvenience. We all quit. Um, And that was a marquee right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Just so you know that uh, this labor shortage is far reaching, but beyond that, it's hilarious. I don't know. I love seeing things like that. It's like, yeah, you demand better working conditions. Apparently they, um, management didn't fix the AC when it was broke for a couple weeks, um, at one point. And so a lot of the employees were pissed about that. And it kind of just started with that and tumbled into something more, um, eventually to where even the manager quit themselves. So, I don't know if they had just requested from, you know, corporate to come repair it or to get it repaired. And corporate was just like, nah, you can suffer in a hot ass kitchen for weeks without air conditioning. Like suck it nerds. Um, so yeah, great time. I love to see it. But just in case you were wondering if you have seen that Burger King, uh, we all quit, uh, meme. It's not even a meme. It's a real thing. Um, I just wanted you to know that that happened right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. What do you think about that, Linda? I mean, they all quit. It's okay. That Burger King wasn't really great anyways. I did never go to it, so I have no idea. I did. It wasn't great. (laughs) Well, not a big loss. It'll it'll be fine. No no big loss then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I know that could. Burger King, guys. I know the famous Burger King. I've eaten there. I don't I even think I have. Cool. Yeah, for real. Now it's going to be even cooler. <laughs> I, um, I love Burger King. Their fries smacks. I do love Burger King fries. In fact, I remember when I ate the Burger King fries on the podcast, yes. and you're like. Yes, I was very jealous. <laughs> yeah. uh, no snacks today. I just have coffee in my little uh, my little Yoda cup. See that, baby Yoda? Oh, that's so baby cute. I've got a cute little cherry Pepsi bottle right here. See that cute little Pepsi logo? That is a cute. That is indeed it's a so Pepsi cute. logo. <laughs> um. All right. With all that down and out of the way, I just wanted to kind of talk about that because it's 
it's fun. But uh, we are going to get into our news bit, and then we will return to talk some news with you. So stay tuned. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Rebecca Rubin and Brett Lang of Variety write, After Disney reveals Black Widow streaming revenues, other studios feel the pressure. In the old days, movie studios shared box office information in real time, allowing Hollywood and its denizens to quickly and easily assess whether a film was a hit or a flop. The streaming revolution has changed things, assuring in a take-our-word-for-it culture, in which the likes of Netflix, HBO Max, or Amazon release vague pronouncements about how well Bird Box, Wonder Woman 1984, or Borat 2 did in their respective subscription-based streaming service without providing much of the way of empirical evidence. Over the weekend, Disney shook things up, revealing that not only did Black Widow set a pandemic-era box office record with its 80 million domestic debut, but it also padded those numbers with an additional $60 million in rental revenue on Disney+. That rare moment of transparency is intensifying pressure on other media companies to share more data about how their films perform with audiences. Despite this mounting tension, many entertainment industry analysts believe that Disney's decision to share information about Black Widow's on-demand revenues was an anomaly, not a sign of things to come in the future. That means Disney may not be as forthcoming with its global consumer spend for Jungle Cruise, which opens July 30th in theaters and on Disney+, Plus under its Premier Access banner. However, Black Widow's $60 million haul on Disney Plus could incentivize rivals to issue their own bragging rights. More transparency in streaming revenues, however, would also require studios to own up to commercial flops, something they've been able to mostly avoid up until now. Nelly Andriva of Deadline writes, Dexter, Jennifer Carpenter returns for revival on Showtime. John Lithgow is not the only Dexter alum whose dead character would be making a return in the upcoming 10-episode limited series revival on Showtime. In an interview with Deadline, following his Emmy nomination for Perry Mason, Lithgow revealed that fellow co-star Jennifer Carpenter will also be part of the project reuniting with Lithgow, Dexter star Michael C. Hall, and showrunner Clyde Phillips. 
Lucas Shaw, and Mark Gurman of Bloomberg write, Netflix plans to offer video games and push beyond films and TV. Netflix, marking its first big move beyond TV shows and films, is planning an expansion into video games and has hired a former EA executive and Facebook executive to lead the effort. The idea is simple, to offer video games on Netflix streaming platform within the next year. The games will appear alongside current fare as new programming genre, similar to what Netflix did with documentaries or stand-up specials. The company doesn't currently plan to charge for the extra content. Netflix will be building out its gaming team in the coming months, according to a person familiar with the matter. The company has already started advertising for game development-related positions on its website. Video games give Netflix another way to lure new customers and also offer something none of its direct competitors currently provide. Ultimately, the move may make it easier for Netflix to justify price increases in the coming years, however. Denise Petsky of Deadline writes, Blade Runner Black Lotus sets voice cast for Adult Swim and Crunchyroll series. The voice cast will include Jessica Henwick, Arisa Shida, William Lee, Shinshu Fuji, Samira Wiley, and Brian Cox, among many others, including Josh Dumas. Adult Swim will air the English-language version on the network's anime programming Black Toonami, and Crunchyroll will stream the series in Japanese with subtitles. Both will offer the series to viewers worldwide outside of Asia. A first look at the series will be unveiled during the show's online panel beginning at 5pm and 8pm Eastern Time on July 23rd at Comic-Con at Home. Leslie Goldberg of The Hollywood Reporter writes, Loki renewed for season two at Disney+. The comic book powerhouse used the mid credit scene from Loki's season finale on Wednesday to formally announce that Tom Hiddleston would be back for a second season. No additional details were included beyond the title card with the news. Loki is the third of Marvel's scripted TV series to debut on Disney+, and it is the only one that has gotten a renewal. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. Alright, so I think the biggest news from the last week was indeed the fact that Black Widow made like $60 million on Disney+. Plus. Additionally, they had already made $80 million theatrically, and they made another $60 million just on Disney Plus Premier Access. Um, I, I should be should be surprised, but I'm really not. Uh, 
I mean, their other films didn't work quite this well on Disney Plus. Um, but this was kind of groundbreaking because this was the first time that Disney came out and provided the numbers that they had for revenue. Because if you think about it, no other streaming service has done that. HBO Max hasn't done that. They haven't given us official numbers for anything. Netflix doesn't do it at all. Um, so Disney just was like, hey, look, we have a model that works. Fuck all you guys. Like, that's essentially what they were saying with that. Um, and yeah, 60 million on Disney Plus, and you get 100% of that revenue. Yeah, that's that's a good haul. And again, I, I think I wanted to talk about this story because I'm right in the fact that it's working for them and it's it's a good model. Um, the only thing that I have now is where I'm like, mm, maybe it isn't a good idea to have Disney Plus premiere access. It is for them, but 60 million, that was an additional 60 that could have been um, given to the theaters. Just saying like it, we could have gotten that revenue um, and they kind of cut into it a little bit. But you know what? I'm going to be optimistic about the situation. I'm going to say that it won't matter for the next Marvel movies, but it may. So what do you think about all that? I think, you know, good for them. Sorry to your, you and in, in, in all other movie theaters. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, I mean, they did it better than they did with Milan. So that's... Yay! You guys yeah. didn't even really get a whole lot of money from Mulan either, so you know it's it's gone up. It's going up. <laughs> Honestly, Marvel fans are crazy. I'm not surprised that it made this much money. I was not willing to pay out of my own pocket to watch it, so I freeloaded off my dad and his girlfriend, who were willing to pay for it. Oh wow! Have so, you yay. even used the associate passes I've given you? Oh shit, I forgot I had those. <laughs> you technically have almost free movies. Oh yeah, I forget about that. I forget about my perks. I, mm. I, I keep forgetting that I actually like I can get stuff out of the things that I'm doing, both on here and at work. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, see. And you have a Marcus that's like right down the street from your job. I know because I work there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Don't fucking call me out like this. Yeah, it's literally just like a, a five minute drive. Not even. Not that. even. It's like two minutes. It's, it's across the parking right lot. By, yeah, it's behind my restaurant. Um. Yeah, it's funny. Oops. But uh. Yeah, Black Widow. I I don't see them changing this model unless the next few films absolutely fail on premiere access. If like the next few movies don't do as well as black widow, they may consider, you know, changing that model a little bit, but if it keeps going as well as it did with black widow, I don't think that there's going to be any changes. I think that they're going to be like, Oh, screw everyone else. We're going to keep this. Um, cause that's just how Disney is. Yeah, it really is. We've had many a conversation about mm -hmm. how, profitable disney pluses yeah oh, oh and you know if you think we're being like not fair or unfair to disney all the time on this podcast go talk to the theater owners go talk to anyone who works in theater management and ask them how disney is as a company and i guarantee you you're gonna get the same reaction um moving on <laughs> we have news 
about Dexter. I know every week it's like some new Dexter news, but this one's pretty big because Jennifer Carpenter is going to return for Dexter's revival on Showtime. Now, me and you both predicted this. We talked about it. There was no way that they weren't going to get Jennifer Carpenter to come back and do some flashbacks or talk to him as a dead ghost or something. And it looks like that's becoming a reality. So, um, Dexter fans, you can rejoice that uh, this cast lineup is actually not only nostalgic, but really, really good. Because I really like Jennifer Carpenter. As much as I sometimes question her acting on that show, I will... I will accept that it's pure nostalgia and I will move on and I like it nonetheless. So I truly do. He really tried to fit Jennifer Carpenter's acting skills, the criticism of it within his praise. That took some talent right there. See, see what I did? Yeah. That's that's, that's good criticism. I love her her character, even though her acting sucks. But man, isn't she amazing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Wow. It's fine. Um, it sounds like it. Yeah, but uh, she did take to Instagram and basically shared like a like a set photo, um, and so that was pretty cool. Uh, that was kind of how it was announced. Um, we still don't know what this show's about, so I have no idea what capacity she'll be in. But I imagine it's going to be the same as the Trinity Killer. You know, John Lithgow, they'll probably have almost equal screen time. She may have a little bit more um, because I'm almost thinking she's going to replace Harry um, as, you know, the main family member that's talking to him that's dead. Um, So we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out. And then the only other thing that I really wanted to get your opinion on, Linda, was the fact that Netflix may be offering video games um, and pushing beyond just film and, and television. So the idea is to offer video games on Netflix streaming platform within the next year. The games will appear alongside current fare as a new programming genre, similar to what Netflix did with documentaries or stand-up specials. The company doesn't currently plan to charge extra for the content, said the person who asked not to be identified. Um, And Netflix uh, gained as much as 2.8 in shares on Thursday. The stock has been up 1.3 through this year. Um, And so they're doing pretty well. And this news kind of, um, I'm sure, is going to bump them a little bit further than that as far as, um, you know, markets go. But also, I have to ask, you know, our our subscription has already raised um, a few bucks, and I know they're saying there is no price change with video games, but I have news for you. Video games cost more to make. Your price will go up. These subscription costs will go up if they do this. Like, I don't care what any rep says, video games take millions upon millions of dollars to make, and we're talking like up to 230 million sometimes. Um, you know, I don't know. What's the most expensive video game ever made? Let me look. Most expensive video game ever made. What is the most expensive? Uh, Destiny. Destiny. Oh, I got Super Mario 64. No. 
No, that that sold over 1.5 million. Oh. So it. Yeah. I put ever Google. You failed me once again. Um, Destiny, you said. Destiny, 500 million dollars. So just just to put it in perspective for you, I think Avengers Endgame cost Avengers Endgame cost a pro God, cost I feel of like production. Kermit the Frog on the keyboard, just like. Game budget. Let's see. $356 million. Destiny cost more than Avengers Endgame to make. Um, so, yeah, bullshit. Your subscription prices aren't going to go up. Like, oh, unless you're doing, like, you know, top-down uh, 2D platformers, you know, I, I just don't see... I don't see any way that they don't spend more money on this and then end up having to raise the subscription prices again, um, which is unfortunate because we're going to talk about something a little bit later that won't be included in the podcast that I actually really appreciate. And I really like Netflix for doing things like said things that I'm talking about later, the Fear Street review. But it's like, don't raise my fucking subscription. It's already, what, $17? I don't know. I don't pay for mine. How much? Let me, how much let me ask Elaine how much her subscription is. Jesus Christ. It, uh, pricing and plans. So your premium tier is indeed $17.99. So that is Ultra HD. Um, I think I, I think I pay for the I think I pay for the premium. Um so that's interesting. But uh yeah, seventeen dollars, fourteen for just the regular and then nine for the um the ad laced one, I think, or whatever. Um I didn't even know that was a thing, the nine ninety nine tier. Uh but yeah, no, that that's yeah, your your subscription is gonna go up at least to twenty dollars for premium if they go through with this. So do you have any interest in Netflix doing video games. Um, it's interesting because it basically combines like Xbox Game Pass with your Netflix subscription, but you're only going to probably be able to get your hands on things that Netflix produce themselves. So they're going to have to come out of the gate swinging with some pretty big property um, and some pretty big like IP potential in order to actually get interest in their video game service because. Like, honestly, like, there's no reason to go and play any video game on Netflix right now when so many other options exist. So they're going to have to make either good content or they are going to have to make sure to not do everything in their power not to raise those subscription prices. So anyway, what what are your thoughts? Are you, are you sure there's, there's no other thoughts you want to express first? No, I think I got all mine, actually. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I think... If they move forward with this, it should at least just be an option and not be not be an addition that's forced upon all subscribers. I think if you want the video game thing like the video game content with your Netflix, that's fine, and you're right. They definitely are going to have to pay extra. There's no way in hell 
Netflix is going to add something like video games and not charge extra for it. Like, mm, that doesn't sound very Netflixy to me. <laughs> so, I think at the very least, it should only be an option, not something where they're like, we're going to do it to all of our subscribers and then start charging them more. Because some people, like, I maybe I'm just not like as knowledgeed on video games as most people, but I feel like regardless, even if you wanted to do the video game option on here, there are some people that literally just like watch TV, like, or watch Netflix, like on their actual TV and not on a gaming console. So it's like, how are they even going to be able to enjoy that edition? You know? Yeah. Like, how are they going to even be able to play these video games? Cause I'm pretty sure my grandparents just have like a smart TV and just, you know, use their remote. And so it's like, how are my grandparents going to be able to play video games on Netflix with their remote? Like I, I'd be able to do it cause I stream on my Xbox. So I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure if I really felt like it, which I don't, I'm not even willing to pay for my own Netflix, but if I wanted to, I could probably play video games on there a little easier. But like you said, there's so many other options that people have for video games. So I feel like Netflix probably should have decided to do this a lot earlier in the game. Because mm-hmm. wow. other, like plenty of other places have, have thought of the whole like, oh, movies and gaming. And now Netflix is like, oh, that's cool. Maybe in like 10 years we'll do that too. <laughs> so the OG Netflix, you used to be able to... Uh, rent games you know they they would send you like games so it's not that they haven't been you know on the cusp of doing something cool because it used to be you could part of your netflix subscription you could rent games i remember um but anyway netflix may just be putting gamestop in the ground like because (laughs) GameStop shares fell as much as 7.5% in pre-market trading on Thursday. So, um, if nothing else, I think that that Netflix um, has essentially killed GameStop. You have killed Linda. You have killed Linda. It was so funny. I, I just- saw the door open and I was like, hmm, and I didn't see you there. And I was but like, that's... just standing there like a murderer, like... like- She's scared the I don't know. I love you. Yeah. What the what the hell? Sorry. Uh she so I see the door open behind me on camera here because I can see myself. And I see the door creak open and it's pitch black, so I don't see anyone there, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And I see you react, but I was mid-thought, and so I didn't want to stop talking. I was like, if someone comes back and slits my throat right here, I'm gonna make sure that you know people that 7.5% drop on GameStop trading. Like He's so passionate about his stonks. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, no, she just gave me a huge freaking heart attack. I was like, oh okay. You're Jared, like Jared behind you. Really Jared behind you. <laughs> I I probably should have said something. I just I just kind of froze like 
Okay, see, this is this is the content. Uh, let me just plug it right now. Patreon.com slash The Borough Reviews. You get a, a full video version of the podcast. Like, what Holy more could you shit. want? Uh, you can see exactly what happened and how I just continued talking and what Linda's reaction Barrett was. doesn't care about dying, apparently. No. Nah. Because, yeah, even after she opened the door, she just stood there. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. No, no, that was um so anyways, yeah, I'm not paying for video games on my Netflix. <laughs> I can get those for free from a hacker friend of mine. You 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 might have to. This is going to they're going to have to increase their their prices cuz they put out a few ads for game developers already, so Ugh. um you know, they're already they're already going for it. So uh, good luck to our wallets in a couple of years. Hopefully, we can get at least a minimum wage increase for everyone um, before that happens, before we're paying fucking $50 a month for Netflix. Um, yeah, that is that is the news for this week. What lovely news. We basically got, hey, Disney's screwing theaters over, um, but good on them, I guess. We've got Netflix uh, getting into the video game market, which is fine in itself, but the fact that, you know, the I guess the the implications of them doing so may suck in the long run but hey jennifer carpenter is returning uh for the dexter revival on showtime so good news all around this podcast is just going to be called jared's bitter jared's bitter bitter boy beater (laughs) um yeah that is the news so uh we don't have a trailer for you this week so stick around for box office projection when we come back I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theboroughreviews.com. If you like indie movies, or blockbuster movies, and anything in between, really, on our site you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Borough. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theboroughreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. Welcome back, everyone, to Box Office Projection, our uh, weekly projections for what's coming out uh, in theaters the current week. And usually we just pick one title that we're most interested in talking about, and we will try and project what it will make opening weekend. So last week, for anyone who isn't familiar, I guess a couple weeks ago, right? No, it was last week, but we did a post about the projections, not the yes. Yep. Um, so you can go on social media right now and you can see, you know, what we had said, uh, for escape room to tournament of champions, Linda, you said 13 and I said 15 million. It ended up making a grand total of 8.8 million opening weekend. Um, so ouchie. Yes. Um, the first escape room opened to 18.2 million. So it's kind of a big dip. Um, 
But, you know, we had a lot of things coming out this week. There was Space Jam, obviously. You had things like the Loki finale. You know, you had a bunch of other things going on, so I totally get why. But I will let you take the cake for that one, since you predicted less than I. I knew I was going bold. I did. I knew I was. You were feeling ballsy last week. That's okay. I don't really mind. Black Widow had had a huge second week drop. And I do want to talk about that too. So as I was sitting at the theater, like I was like, holy shit, like our last showings of Black Widow are not selling out. Like there were literally two days in a row, including a Friday night where I didn't have anyone come for the last show of Black Widow. And so I was like, this is going to be a huge second week drop. And indeed it is. It was a 67% drop from week one to week two with Black Widow. Um, so it's pretty substantial. Uh, and I think a lot of the reason for that is there was another family friendly movie that came out and that is, uh, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Now Mm -hmm. Space Jam 2, um, ended up going on to make, um, I believe it made, give me just a second here. I'm looking it up. It's a whole bunch of information about things that I don't care about, like Godzilla versus Kong. Um, 31.65 in its three-day weekend. So Space Jam 2 made 31.5. And, um, you know, I guess with Black Widow 2, they had still made, even though it was a 67% drop, they still made 26. So... I think it's the same crowd that's coming out to the theater right now, um, I think is willing to come out to, you know, different movies. And I, you know, so I, it makes sense that the shift occurred from Black Widow to Space Jam, but it certainly didn't go to Escape Room 2. What do you think about those numbers? Are you surprised that one, Space Jam made as much money as it did Two, that Black Widow had a, like, huge second week drop. And three, like, tell me your thoughts on Escape Room 2. You kind of saw this coming. Yeah, I did. Um, Like I said before, Space Jam, or Space Jam, (laughs) uh, the Escape Room was a bit of a hidden gem that we discovered in 2019. It It was a movie that really wasn't talked about much, if at all, that year. But mm-hmm. was still a pretty solid movie, except for the ending. Um, I I really have to put like an asterisk whenever I say something good about Escape Room, and just you know, ex- <laughs> except for the ending. Uh, but yeah, so I I I saw this coming. I was like, probably do less than what it deserves, but I doubt it'll be that bad. Mm-hmm. And from the looks of it, I mean, it doesn't seem like it was too terrible. I am, however, shocked to see that instead of, you know, Black Widow, like, absolutely taking the cake for, like, these last few weekends, it got kind of overthrown by Space Jam a little bit. I did not expect Space Jam to do as well in the box office, but maybe on, like, HBO Max. I expect you know, it. having... Yeah. yeah, I expected, I expected it, it to do moderately okay, but not yeah. like 31 million. No. No. I expected it to to be streaming quite well on HBO Max, but not do a whole lot in theaters. But, I mean, I guess life is full of surprises. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard people really loved it, too. 
I'm sure they don't regret spending their money on this movie at all. Apparently, Rick and Morty made an appearance in Space Jam. I don't know if you saw that, but you can go check out the clip. It's on YouTube. Like, it's kind of hilarious. Um, Just a weird, weird cameo. But uh, I wanted to read you some reviews of um, Escape Room 2. Like, you alluded to Space Jam not doing very well with critics because it isn't. Um, However, Escape Room is also not doing well. It has a 42% on the tomato meter, but it has an audience score of 76%. Um, Just for reference, the first Escape Room... Um, in 2019, when that came out, also came out to a 51% on the tomato meter and an audience score of 51%. So the audience score on Escape Room 2 is a little bit higher, but the critics are even lower than they were last time. Um, and so what are the critics saying? Well, Johnny Olinsinski, I don't know how you say that. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Olinsinski. Jesus. Sin Skinsky is literally his last name. That's so that's so awful. Anyway, he said, quote, the best thing about Escape Room film series is that it gives audience members clear directions in the title about what they should do immediately. Escape Room. Uh, so he didn't like that very much. Um, let's find another. Uh, so... From Bloody Disgusting, Megan Navarro, who is someone that I follow on Twitter and someone that I quote frequently in the news bit, she said, the true star is the production design and extravagant traps, but the third act quickly rushes the familiar formula, oh no, to dive uh, into a lackluster finale that retreads the same story and retcons aspects from the first. So the first movie... There was a problem with the ending dragging on forever, but with the second movie, they cut it way too short. Mm-hmm. It, yep, that seems like exactly what oh, it is. Jesus. I'm not surprised about the set design, though. Escape Room, our favorite part of that movie were the elaborate traps because they were absolutely stunning and insanely cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that that stayed consistent with this movie as well. I mean, that's your foundation for your whole movie, so you have to make sure that that aspect of it is covered, you know? Well, Um, you know, you would have thought the same about the Book of Saw, but apparently that wasn't the case with that movie. Oh, someone's bitter. (laughs) Um, Just saying. I want to give you a a positive review. So Benjamin Lee from Guardian writes, the rules might not make any sense, but you'll have fun playing along regardless. See, and I feel like with these kinds of movies, it's it's kind of hard to take an actual critic's opinion seriously because, you know, as someone who tends to dabble in critiquing movies, we do tend to overanalyze stuff instead of just kind of enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the, this is just kind of one of those movies where it's more meant for just a regular viewer rather than you know, critical success. Which is probably why the audience score is higher (laughs) than the critic score. Um, I tend to be right in the middle, right? Like, yes, I'm a critic. um, And yes, I, I have issues with certain things, but I don't think I'm nearly as like snobbish as some of these other people are. I'm like, Hey, shut up. Just enjoy the movie. I don't know. I get that way a lot with like um, things like, oh, things like we'll talk about it in a little bit, but things like Fear Street. 
I don't like get get over whatever your criticisms are and have fun. That's what it's meant for. Like, I don't know. But that is your box office projection. So um, we're going to take one more quick break and we are going to come back and tell you what's new to streaming. So stay tuned. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal. And it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. As always, I'm sure you're curious about what you have to watch uh, for this week. Well, Fear Street Part 3, 1666 is out on Netflix, so you can take that um, and watch that whenever you may. And we also have Dr. Death, which is streaming on Peacock. Um, If you've listened to the podcast, you'll still uh, be haunted and mystified by the case of Dr. Christopher Dunch. A, spin, uh, a spinal surgeon who's either a drug-addled um, screw-up, a conniving misanthrope with a god complex, or more likely some combo of the two. But, as star Joshua Jackson told Variety Fair, la- or Vanity Fair last week, the American healthcare system is the real villain of this tale. Um, so you can stream that right now on Peacock if you have that. And then you also have a classic horror story on Netflix. As advertised, this Italian horror has all the elements of a classic horror story. A sinister house in the woods, creepy masks, uh, cultish townspeople who make the Swedes in Midsummer look like camp counselors with a meta twist. A few things this might leave you scratching your head, um, but horror fans will want to see what directors Roberto De Feo and um, Paolo uh, Stripoli are up to. Wow interesting italian names but that is also streaming on netflix a lot of horror streaming on netflix this week um in case you uh need that itch um you have horror in theaters and horror on netflix damn what a good time to be a horror fan right um are you gonna check out i mean i know obviously fear street are you gonna check out either the other two i'm not i might check out a classic horror story yeah, it might it might be a minute. Just I wish because. I had time. Exactly. Yeah, it might be a minute because I don't have a whole lot of time on my plate these days. But once I get like two spare hours of my life, I'll I'll probably sit down and use it to watch this. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Either that or sleep. We'll see. It's a toss yeah. up. <laughs> It's going to be sleep for me. Uh, It's just going to be long. Yeah, I might check out a classic (laughs) horror story if I got got time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That is today's episode. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me this week. Uh, Sorry we missed everyone last week. We just had a lot going on. Um, it also was kind of a light news week too. So I was like, whatever, I don't think we even, it's not pressing. Um, and even I didn't want to do anything. Like I just laid around the house. 
uh, for two days last week um, because I was so tired. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to do. We did. We did get on our recording software to record the podcast. And we both collectively were like, and eh, not, yeah. not, not today, which yeah. is, I think the first time that that's happened. Yeah. We, we both just came on and we were like, I don't think either one of us is vibing right now. So we're like, let's just, let's just cut it. Nope. Um, so we're back. We actually had a lot to talk about. So I think that also helps too. When there is discussion to be had, we are here. Um, so that is today's episode. Uh, let us know what you think down in the comments below. Make sure to go uh, subscribe on whatever um, preferred podcast provider you wish. Uh, we personally like to recommend Spotify. Super simple. I also added a trailer to our Spotify page. Um, so now we have like a little trailer. We you have know, a I felt trailer? Like, I felt like I needed to be official. It's just me talking. Don't worry. Nothing oh. big. But um, <laughs> well, if it's just Jared talking, I can just go on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Spotify is super easy to use. Uh, you can also find the version of the podcast on patreon.com. Um, and you'll also be able to get the full video version if you sign up for the trick or treat tier. There is also a new tier there called Hush. It's a $20 tier for any of those out there that want to like really go in on their support. I added that uh, for my cousin basically because he was like, he is subscribed and he, uh, he was like, you know, I'm paying because he, uh, instead of going through a tier, he wanted to pay more. So he was paying, you know, a little bit more. And so I wanted to make a tier that he could just go into because even though he was paying more because he wasn't assigned a tier, he couldn't see what we were posting. So Aww. I felt that <laughs> and I made like a little section. Um, so you can go to that tier if you want more exclusive content um, and check out, you know, our patron and all of our social media page uh, pages that are everywhere. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We're going to be posting a Fear Street video um, review here at some point in the next day or so. And if you want to check that out, the patrons will have early access to it. So you should probably do that. Yes, anyway, I think that is all for me. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, no. No. <laughs> All right. Well, then that is the podcast today, everyone. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on next week's episode. Bye. Oh, wait. We didn't oh. even give our, uh, our box office projections for old. Oh, you know what? <laughs> That's... We didn't, did we? We didn't actually give our... Pro we didn't you didn't let me give a prediction. I know I you didn't wrote give yours a prediction. down. I didn't give it, though. Um, okay, well, okay, real quick. We'll do a box office projection. I can't believe we forgot about that. We were so engrossed in Black Widow. Um, oh, my God. So what is your prediction for old? I don't know. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> so um, for reference, M. Night Shyamalan's last couple movies made about $40 million, million. each. Um, so what do you think What do you think the range is on this one? I'm going to go 20. You're good. Oh, wow. You're going high. Maybe high to you. I have no maybe. interest in this movie, so maybe that's why I think it's high. Um, 
and the movie so, has no interest in you. How does that feel? I'm fine with that. Oh, <laughs> um, so Linda's prediction is 20 million for old, and mine is 11 million. Um, that's where I ended up. Um, I don't foresee it making any more than that, really. But we'll see. I'm thinking about 20. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll see who's right next week. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to be like, I'm gonna have to put the box office projection after I put the outro. Like, if you look on like, um, if you look on the podcast players at all, I usually give like you know timestamps to when everything's, yeah. and it's gonna be like box office projection part one, and then it's gonna be outro or what's new to streaming outro, and then it's gonna be box office projection part two. Hilarious. Um, anyway. I think that's all then. There we go. Okay, now this time all. that's all. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. So sorry about that. Uh, we got sidetracked. Uh, we're ready to talk some Fear Street, I think is what happened. Um, so make sure to go do all those things I said. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to patreon.com slash the Reviews. And we'll see you on the next episode, everyone. Bye. Bye.